few Sundays, but what's been really big in my heart has been Isaiah 60, and, and this will all tie in here in just a second, particularly verses 1 and 2. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. This is a prophetic word from Isaiah to the people of God. It's not him talking about Jesus. He's saying, your, your light, my light has come. It's time to arise and shine. And I, I just think that's a beautiful picture of what the Lord is desiring for his church to do, right? He's, he's desiring his people to shine. Actually, if you look this word up, this is actually kind of funny. Um, the word shine, it, it means shine, but it could mean to sparkle. <laughs> so so it's, like, it's, like, it's like hanging out with the Reddit girls. You're going to get glitter and sparkle all over you, <laughs> you know, where they, if you get in the Jamie's little craft room or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, Bob's like, yes. But arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness over the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. You read the rest of Isaiah 60, and it talks about nations coming to the Lord because of the light that he puts on his people. All right? So, so that's the goal, and that's what revival looks like. All right, but I was telling April like this morning. I was like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to share if I'm even supposed to. And this afternoon, I was just praying, and the Lord said, "Just walk through Psalm 20, Psalm 23." Now, what's fascinating is this: before we get to this, as I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Right before you even get to Psalm 23, Psalm 22 says something extremely profound. Psalm 22, David says this, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, so, so the revelation that comes from Psalm 23, that he's our shepherd, is birthed out of the fact that he felt forsaken right before that. And, and I, I want to propose to you that if you're going through a difficult time, that you're on the verge of getting a greater revelation of his goodness as Jesus the shepherd. Okay? And, so, and he wants to show himself as, as, like, he has so many facets, right? He's, he's Jesus Messiah. He's our Savior. But he's also the shepherd. And, and like, I've, and we, we're familiar with Psalm 23, and we've read it. We've heard it. We've heard all these things. It's, it's, it's one of these verses or chapters in the Bible that's permeated uh, uh, culture, if you will. Like, you know it. But it's like, I just think there's all kinds of wind on this. And so... He says this, he goes from having this hard time to write in to Psalm 23 and he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now he doesn't say, the Lord is my shepherd, I don't want him. That's what I thought he said when I was a little kid. <laughs> that's, that's just what I thought. But no, it's the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We, we need a revelation of Jesus the shepherd. All right, he's inviting us, let me, and I'm going to break it down. He's inviting us to allow him to shepherd us. See, sometimes we go that, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or why are things so bad? Right? We hit those moments. 
And, 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 and I'm not thinking about anyone in particular. I could like list off all kinds of stuff in my life if, if, you, if I had to. So, so I'm just, this is just the truth. We hit these moments and we think, my God, my God, where in the world are you? And then we start to look for stability. It's like, I, I, if, if, if I could just do this or this or this or this, my life would be much easier. If I get all my ducks in a row, right? And I'm like, man, my ducks are all over the place. How am I going to get them in the row? And it just is, is beyond me anyway. And so, so this psalm is birthed out of this moment where David's like, everything's falling apart. Everything's going difficult. Everything is hard. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want what he does is all of a sudden he gets this revelation that everything that he has ever needed is found in Jesus. And, and I think this is a picture, let me say it like this. I think that, I'm not saying us, but I think the church is full of people that have professed their faith in Jesus but have never allowed him to shepherd them. Like, because like, a shepherd isn't someone I go to for advice. It's like, what do you think I ought to do? I think you should do this. Nah, I'm going to do what I want. That's not what, that's not what a shepherd is. A shepherd guards, guides, protects, leads to green pastures. And, and, and in essence, a sheep doesn't do what it wants. A sheep does what the shepherd beckons and commands and leads it to do. And, and, and I think a lot of the, my God, my God, would get taken care of if we could get into this place of saying, Jesus, shepherd me. I love it, by the way. That's awesome. Best buds. So we look for stability. We look for control. How many control freaks we got, right? <laughs> Gotta hold on. We look for normality. Like, like for real. Like, this just be, this is family. We can be honest. Like, there's just, there's just like, there, we go through stuff and we just grab and, and it just, it just never works out. And what's amazing to me is this: the Lord in His goodness will allow us to go through these difficult times if we continue to grasp at things aside from Him. Well, I got the promotion, so everything's going to be great. The Lord let me get the promotion. But I still feel like I'm worthless. <laughs> right? I go buy the one thing that I thought that I needed, and somehow I had enough money in the account to go buy it, and I still feel empty. Like, he, he will allow you to do things, but then he will also allow you to experience the emptiness that that thing cannot fill because he was the one that was designed to fill that hole in the first place. And, 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 so, so, and, and that is because he's good, not because he is cruel, okay? And so, so, so there's these times, again, this is birthed out of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he goes on in that verse, he says, far from my deliverance are words of my groaning. He's like, I've been complaining for a really long time. Where in the world are you? <laughs> it's like, how does it get to this? Pain, loss, distraction. Jesus' desire, I'm going to read a lot of it because it's just new to me. Jesus desires to transition us from, God, where are you, to Jesus, you're my shepherd. Yeah. It is my belief 
that we love to be labeled a sheep. We just don't love having a shepherd that guides us. We love the idea of having a shepherd, but we don't love the idea of him being in control of our lives. There's a lot of truth in that. Like I was, those were like hot tears streaming down my face today when I was doing it. Because I'm like, how many decisions in my own life have I like invited Jesus to bless after I made the decision? <laughs> it's like, I'm already doing it. You might as well bless it. <laughs> right? And I'm like, what's, what's, what's going on? <laughs> oh, everything, like I've said this. It's one of my favorite John Mark Millen songs has this line in it. So it says, everything that I've ever wanted, it's found in you. See, he is, he is the fulfiller of every longing. Like, like not even like an urge. The urge isn't strong enough for it. He is the fulfiller of every longing that we have. It's like if I'm lonely, he's my companion. If I'm hurting, he's my comforter, right? If I'm out of line, he's my shepherd. He corrects me, right? He's, if I need advice or counsel, he's the wonderful counselor. If I'm afraid that he's going to run off, he's the everlasting father. He's not going anywhere, right? I mean, there's all these things about him. And, and so every longing is found in him. He's our stability. He's the rock, right? On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And by the way, when he calls Peter, Peter, he's saying, you've built your life on the foundation of me. It wasn't building the church on Peter. It was building the church on Jesus, okay? And so he is our desire, right? All of our desires. And he's the answer to all of our questions and all of our fears. And like that one, like, baffles me sometimes because I'm like, what do I do? Or like if I counsel and, and like, sometimes I think like, like I, I'm, the Lord's helping me in this. He is. But sometimes I just think, man, like I, after I get off the phone with someone and I'm giving them advice, like, you know what I just say? Read your Bible and pray and ask the Lord what to do. And it's just like, just keep going back to him. Just keep going back to him. Just keep going back to him. And it's like, well, what's the answer to this, like, problem? I don't know, but I think it's Jesus. And it sounds so simple. I'm talking to a room full of believers tonight. Look at, um, look at Revelation 7. This won't be a long one tonight, I don't believe. Revelation 7, verse 13 says this. See, see, because again, this is, David gives us revelation as he's going through adversity. And if you don't believe that, we can find out here in just a minute that he walks through the valley of shadow of death. He's going through stuff, and he gives us revelation as Jesus the shepherd. But Revelation 7 says this about those that go through trials and tribulations. Then one of, the answer, one of the elders answered, saying to me, this is someone talking to John when he's caught up in the third heaven. These who are clothed in white robes, who are they and where have they come from? I said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones. I love this. These are the ones who've come out of the great tribulation. 
Now, I know this is talking about the end of age, but I, I believe this is, there's something really important in this. These are the ones that came out of the great tribulation. And, and this is wild. This is they have washed their robes. And washed means made fully white. And they made their robes fully white with the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God, and they serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on His throne will spread His tabernacle, His tent, His covering, Psalm 91, His wings over them. And they will hunger no longer, nor thirst anymore, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. This isn't just at the end of time's passage. This is saying, I believe this with all my heart, that when you walk through the fire, okay, and I know many of you have, but when you walk through the fire, you get a greater degree of trust in him, in his goodness, and you're like, well, where's my provision coming from? I don't know. He's got it taken care of, right? Where's this answer coming from? It's going to come from him. I don't know how it's coming, but it's coming by way of the man named Christ Jesus. And so that's what he's saying. For the lamb, and this is what's amazing, it says, so they'll thirst no more, the sun won't beat down on them, nor any heat, for the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So this is a picture of what's going on there in heaven, right? And we pray on earth as it is in heaven. We can just say that. But here's this picture of the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth becomes their shepherd, the ones that walk through the hard times. And so I'll say this. Like, like I had the thought today. I thought the next hard time I go through, I'm going to go, thank you, Jesus. You're about to show me another facet of your goodness in this situation. It's like, come on, bring it on. God will, use, God will use the pain of trauma of the last season or the last age of your life and make you better for it. The, let's say like the trauma that you are currently in, the Lord will use it and you will be stronger in the next season of your life because of the trauma that you have currently have walked through or are currently walking through. Does that make sense? Like, like, and, and it's because he's your shepherd. <laughs> Some of you really know what I'm talking about in this room because I know your stories. And, and so, so here's, here's this picture of Jesus saying, it's all right, bring it all to me. See, we think this. We think, come here, get your crud together, pretend like everything's fine, right? Praise the Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, whatever. And, he, and, and like, I think that we're scared to death to be vulnerable with Jesus, but it's that vulnerability with Jesus that actually allows you to get healed and set free. Like, we hide the parts of our lives that most need exposed to him. Adam and Eve, they sinned. <laughs> we're hiding, we're naked, right? <laughs> it's like they hid the part that needed most exposed to him. <laughs> because he doesn't desire anything between, between him and us. Or, or him, yeah, him and us. <laughs> so here's this picture of him, the lamb, shepherding his people. That pain that you're in eventually turns into a green pasture. I heard a pastor say this, that 
everything's okay or it's about to be. I heard this a few weeks ago, and I'm like, that's actually really good. It's, it's all okay, it's okay, or it's about to be. Because that trauma, that pain leads you to the green pastures. Right? Verse 2, he makes me. <laughs> the word make, it's a forceful thing. Like, have you ever, like, when you had a small child, have you ever taken your kid and said, you sit right there. You made them sit right there, right? You lay down. You lay down. All the parents are grinning right now. All the parents are grinning. You said he makes us lie down. Why does he make us lie down? I think it's because he knows we're so wretched, so restless and impetuous that we won't lay down long enough to enjoy what he's wanting to do in the moment. So he takes us to these green pastures. He takes us to these green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. Green pastures are where Jesus can, bring, can begin to deal with the pain of your past. Your trauma, the hurt, betrayal, loneliness. That's where he begins to just deal with that. He gets you there. It's like, it's like this. If you teach your kid to ride a bike, are you going to take them out onto the blacktop? Or are you going to take them out into the middle of a grass field so that if they fall, it's safe? <laughs> Blacktop. Uh, some of y'all get parents of the year. I'm <laughs> just kidding. He takes you to these green pastures. That's right. That's why he's shepherd and we're not. And he leads you beside still waters. The still waters are the most difficult thing to experience. You know why? Why they're still? Most of us get so comfortable about the, with the stormy waters around us because in the stormy water, you can't see your reflection. But if you lay down beside still waters, you see your reflection in that water, and you may not be comfortable with what you're looking at. But if you can get there and stay there long enough and look at that reflection... And like, like, seriously, like, and you're not, what, what's interesting is like, if you go on like, God, what's wrong with me? Like, if you start trying to figure out what's wrong with you, like, that's just a dangerous road to go. But when he leads you into those seasons and you start to see stuff, whether you like it or not, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's, he shows you this so that he can begin to transform you and heal you. And, 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 and. And he does this, he does this, he takes us to the waters. And once we begin to see the reflection in the waters, then you get to verse 3, and it says, he restores my soul. What's soul is your mind, your will, your emotions. If there's anything that people need touched by the Lord, it's their mind, their will, and their emotions. Like, some, like, like it's, it, it's, it's easy worshiping Jesus, except for sometimes my emotions get the best of me, right? Maybe that's just me. Maybe you all don't deal with whatever, but, but it's easy to worship him when things are going good, right? Or, or, or I do good worshiping in this group because he's here, but when I'm alone and no one else is there and it's quiet and it's just me and my thoughts, man, my mind begins to wander. 
right? We, people do stuff like this. And the Lord wants to take his finger and put it right on those issues and begin to touch that and bring healing and restoration to that. And when it says that he restores your soul, it's he shows you what it looks like and then he tells you what it can be and he restores you back to what he originally created you to be in the first place. And that is to be conformed into the image of his son. And so, so and then he, uh, once you, you get your soul restored or healed, he leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Some of us try to do stuff for his name's sake without ever allowing him to touch us. And it's just, that's, it's just messy, man. And I love this. He like he deals with David's soul and his will and his emotions and takes him down this path. And then he says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. Even though I'm walking through hell, even though I'm walking through death, I'm good because you're here. That's what he's saying. You can't say that if your mind and your will and your emotions are a mess. You can't. It's like the moment something goes wrong, we go into a tailspin. And I'm not thinking about anyone. So if you think I'm talking to you, I'm not. I'm just going to say that. I feel it. What's wild, too, is I had this image. I was thinking about this today. It says, even though I walk, because I'm like, man, if I'm going through the valley of shadow of death, like, I want to run. <laughs> right? Like, let me get from point A to point B as quickly as possible, or I'm going to be like, I'm going to call my wife, like, can you come pick me up? Right? I'm, I am stranded in the valley of the shadow of death. Like, I want to get through this thing as quickly as possible. And, and I thought about this today, and like, I wonder, I wonder if maybe the reason he's having us walk, because it takes more trust, because the process is longer than I would like it to be. Yeah. Because, like, like it's, it's just the truth. And, and like, if, if I got in great big trouble when I went off to college my freshman year. I got in great big trouble. I'm not going to tell you, like, that's another story for another time, but it's just suffice to say, I got in great big trouble. My parents didn't know that I thought they didn't know, okay? And so I, like, had to do all kinds of stuff and pay all kinds of money to get me out of trouble. And I didn't call my mom or dad, didn't tell them nothing. My head baseball coach called mom and dad. He called them the day I got in trouble. And so for Four months, four months, I worked my tail off. Community service, extra work at the school, it, and it wasn't fun work. I was scrubbing toilets. I was, I, I was like, it was, it was bad. And then I spent every ounce of money I had on fees. If it wasn't for her, I'd have probably starved to death during that season we were dating. It's just the truth. Burger King, 99-cent Whoppers at that time, baby. But I'll never forget what Dad told me. I moved back, I moved back home. I moved back home after the season was over, and my dad said, so do you got anything to tell me? 
I'm like, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows. That's what I thought, you know. That's what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought. And he goes, oh, I know you're in love, but he's like, do you got anything to tell me? He's like, nope. Are you sure? No, that's right. I said, nope, I don't. And he said, son. I'm like, and I knew in that moment he knew. I knew he knew. And I said, how long have you known? He said, your coach called me that night at like 1 a.m. And I said, why didn't you say anything to me? Because like I'm, and he said, because you need to learn to walk through that. See, my dad, mom and him aren't loaded, but they could have given me the money to have gotten me out of trouble. They could have paid all my court fees and all those things. They could have done that real easily. They probably could have called the school and raised Cain about how much work I had to do because I actually had to do more work than some others. It was kind of unjust, but it, it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter because I'm better for it now. But he could have done that and gotten me out of some of the trouble that I was in. They let me walk through it. And I wonder if the reason why we have to sometimes walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't know that he purposefully calls us sometimes. I think sometimes it's our own doing. But when we get into those situations, because it wasn't my dad's fault I did that. It was my fault. <laughs> okay? But I wonder if we have to walk through it. Because as we're walking, we're like, this is scary. I'm glad you're here. I'm overwhelmed. I'm glad you're here. I don't know what to do, but I'm glad you're here. Maybe the reason why we can't run through it is because I wouldn't have time to begin to learn to trust him to the degree that I'm supposed to trust him. See, like, like sometimes you go through stuff and it, like, let's just move on, address it, move forward. I get it. But other times, let's, let's, not, let's not neglect what the Lord's wanting to do in our hearts in those moments. I promise you, every time you go through something, he wants to show you another facet of his face. Okay? <clears throat> and yes, I put this up here a minute ago. The, last, the next part of that verse is your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So here I am walking. Brian Powell gave this to us to me like two years ago. That's not a perfect example of what a shepherd's staff would be because most of them would have the hook to like pull the sheep in, right? Because that's what he does sometimes. But that picture of this like stick, like I can whack you in the head, it'd probably hurt, right? <laughs> and the shepherd will do that sometimes. Like you're out of line, get back in or hook them and pull them back. Right, But there's also moments when you're walking through that valley that he, David says, it comforts me. And I think it's, I th I think it's a picture like this. Why don't you come here? I, I already pick on you. Come on, that's what? <laughs> Wasn't an option. <laughs> I think it's a picture of this. Walking like that. It comforts me. You know nothing's going to get to you. Because if it comes to you, I'm going to hit it with my stick. <laughs> you can sit down. And so it's that comfort knowing like it's scary, it's hard, but he's got that right there. It's, it's unfamiliar, but he's got this right here. 
Okay, and yeah, he may use it to help correct me. So be it, right? Because if he corrects me, it's because there's something better for me. Okay, and so, so he's wanting us to get this revelation of, of who he is as a shepherd because, again, it's the shepherd's responsibility to lead you to green pastures and still waters. It's not your job to find your destiny. It's your job to follow him until he shows you what it is. Okay, so, man. Now, here's what's fascinating, too, is if he's the shepherd, and he is, you can also trust him where he's taking you. He already walked through the valley of the shadow of death because he already defeated death, hell, and the grave, right? He was in hell. He took back the keys of the kingdom, right? He's already walked that road before. So you can trust a shepherd that's been where you are. Hebrews says that, or I'm sorry, the, the word says that he has, has, has experienced everything that we have, yet he did not sin. And so here's this picture, like, it's like, I don't know where I'm going. He's like, that's okay, I've been there before. It's like when we first moved to Louisville, we're like, Brian Powell, show us where, show us around the town. And, and like we thought Brian Powell actually knew what Louisville was like and where things were. <laughs> first of all, he's the scariest driver on the planet, okay? And second of all, he had no clue where anything was in the city, and he was driving us around. It would have been much more comfortable riding with someone where it was. It was like when Bob and Jamie moved. I drove you everywhere. Like, I don't know where I'm going, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I don't. I don't. So we went all over the place. But anyway, it helps when you're with someone who's actually been there before. You feel a little more safe. <laughs> a lot of more safe. Uh, this is what we sang there. This is the last verse that I'll, I'll then I think we're just going to pray. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You've anointed my head with oil and my cup overflows. Here's what I believe the Lord wants to do tonight. And I'll, I'll get there in a second, so I should have said this. Here's this picture that you've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. You've been comforted by him, and he creates this big banquet spread for you. He prepares a table for you. Before your enemies, before the enemy, he says, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if he says, take a seat. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I think he's like, take a seat. Sometimes I think he carries you to the seat, right? Sometimes he drags you to the seat. Let's be honest. Like, but regardless, <clears throat> he's prepared that seat for you in the presence of your enemies. Yeah. And so the enemy has this first row seat of watching him do this. And David says this, you've anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. When it says anointed, it's, it's, it's not like, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Like it's not, it's, it's, it's not what we practice here today. It's, it's not just a little dab, right? He takes that oil and he begins to pour it over you. So you're sitting at this table. And this, this is what I want to pray for. He sits you at that table and he begins to pour the oil of joy over you. He begins to pour the oil of gladness over you. 
He begins to pour the oil of anointing over you, if you will. <laughs> he puts the oil of the Holy Spirit. He smears that all over you. He pours it. He, he, he pours the oil of healing all over you, whether it's your, your mind, your soul, your spirit. He just pours it over. And David says there's so much that his cup actually catches it, and it begins to overflow. And so it's just this beautiful, beautiful picture of what he wants to do. He, he, he takes you through this whole process so he can begin to put oil on you and release healing. Gladness, joy, peace. Like there's all kinds of oil listed in the word. You could just, it's just fascinating to think. And this doesn't specify what kind of oil it was, which I believe that's because he desires to pour, pour all the oil out on us. Now, the last part, I, I'm going to get to the last verse here in just a second. And, and I, I felt this this morning. I said this morning. It was this afternoon when April and Ethan were gone. But I just felt like the Lord just said, you know, I, I just want to put oil on my kids tonight. I want to ask you, Brett, I know you're, I want you to like do something. Thank you. We got a few minutes here. What I'd like to do is just pray for people this evening for just a few minutes. You want to hit those switches again? It may help people. <laughs> A while back, I got convicted because Jesus never used altar call music. He just touched people. And then I just read that Elijah, he had someone play the, the minstrel while he began to prophesy, so I felt a lot better about it. <laughs> Man, there's a lot up here. I'm not going to belabor this. I don't think we need to. But, but, but I just want to give a simple call tonight. If, if there's an area where you just need the Lord to pour oil on your heart, I think, ah. If there's an area of your heart that you'd like the Lord to pour oil from, I'm just going to invite you to come up here in just a second. But I actually just heard this. That's why I said, ah. Who, who would maybe be brave enough to say, you know what? I, I would like, I'd like the Lord to be my shepherd again. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you, why don't you come on up here? And you, I want you to kneel around the chair or the altar. If, you, if that's someone else that just wants to say, you know what, I just want to just, I'm ready for him to lead my life. I, it's not enough. Listen, it is not enough to say you're a follower of Jesus if you don't follow him. And I'm not trying to be harsh. It's just, that's just the truth. 
But I mean, it's, it's like me following someone on social media. It doesn't make me their friend. I just, whatever. I have an association with them, which is silly. If you're like, I, Jesus, I just want you to be shepherd. I'm just going to invite you to come, and then we're going to pray for the Lord to fill other people's hearts here in just a second. Got Morgan. Amen. 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 Okay. I'm going to pray.
Come on, come on. Some of us have carried wounds for 10, 15, 20 years, and the Lord's ready to just start putting oil all over that and bringing healing to that. If it's emotional, whatever, if it's, if, if it's my thoughts, mind, will, or emotion, the Lord desires to touch that tonight. And so, so without, without uh, putting too much pressure, if, if, that, if that's you, I, I'm going to ask you to just take a step forward you can lean up against the altar. You can lean up against the front row of chairs. And, and I'd just like to pray over you that the Lord begin to pour that out and set you free of those things. I don't, I don't, the Lord's not desiring us to carry the wounds of the past into the next season. Okay? And this is family. This is safe. feel like there's a few more.
See, it's really tender and sweet right now because he's a good shepherd. <laughs> he's a kind shepherd. That's it. Oh, that's it. Renew our mind, Lord. You stay there as long as you need to, okay? So Jesus, I say all around the room, Lord, just touch people. Release the healing oil that can only be found at your table. Touch people's minds tonight, God. Change the way we think. <laughs> let, us, let, us, let us be a people of repentance. Let us have experience metanoia tonight, Lord. Let, let, us, let us start to think differently, Lord. Begin to do that, Jesus. Heal people's minds tonight. I say, Lord, no more lying awake in bed. Rehashing conversations, shoulda, coulda, wouldas. No more lying awake in the middle of the night thinking, I wish I would have done this or I wish I'd have said that. Lord, I pray that you bring healing to those thoughts right here and right now, God. Also say this, Lord, those in the room that struggle with feelings, uh, thinking incorrectly about themselves, that they look in the mirror and they see something that they don't like, they don't like the way that it looks, I pray, God, they would no longer think they need to look like what's on the magazines at the checkout lines, Jesus. I don't know how to say that. I say, teenagers, you don't need to look like what it's, what's, whatever's on Snapchat or whatever's been filtered and edited and Photoshopped and put on Instagram a million times. So the Lord's going to help you to think differently about how you look and your appearance. So I thank you for that, God. I pray you begin to pour oil out on people's wills, <laughs> Lord. Lord, we, we, we want to be like the good shepherd that said, not my will, but your will be done. <laughs> the, only, the only way that's going to happen, Lord, is if you touch us. The only way that's going to happen is if you really touch us to the point that we just yield it all to you, where we surrender it all to you, Lord. I don't want to be stubborn as a mule, I want to be like the donkey that Jesus rode in on, Lord. <laughs> and touch people's emotions, Lord. I, I, that's a, I can't even begin to understand that sometimes, but I know it's a real thing. And so I pray you bring emotional healing to people, Jesus. Shepherd them in the green pastures with their feelings, Lord. Instead of ups and downs, <laughs> Extreme highs and extreme lows, depending on which way the wind's blowing or what side of the bed they woke up on, Lord. I, I just pray you heal people's emotions tonight, Jesus. I love how he ends this psalm. He says, Surely your goodness, surely your goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now I've gotten fired up and taught that before but that goodness and loving kindness that follow me, that's an archery term. That's, that's the picture of the archer pulling it back 
and hitting the precise target every time that he shoots that arrow. And so the Lord, he's going to hit you with his goodness. <laughs> he's going to hit you with his loving kindness because that's who he is. And so, Jesus, give us a revelation of you as good. Give us a revelation as you, of you as shepherd. I, I thank you, Lord, how I had to get on my knees today and say, Lord, I just want to know you as shepherd. I don't want to know Psalm 23 as a funeral sermon because it's not. It's an invitation into a life of trusting you and following you, and I want to live that way. So, Lord, Give us that picture. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Lord. So, Father, I, I love you. I thank you. I thank you for these precious people here. We're going to wait just a second. We've got a few more praying. Thank you for the precious people here. That's it. That's what we were waiting on, Lord. He's good. So, Jesus, thank you. You know what this is going to allow us to do? When we sang that song the first time, Fight My Battles, I felt like there was a shift in the room. And I feel like the shift is we're actually going to begin to trust Jesus in a way we haven't trusted him before. And that sounds so silly. It's like we're Christians. We fall, I'm, I'm like, he's going to begin to stretch us and ask us to do things. That it's like, man, if you don't show up, I'm going to sink. But because he's, we've had this moment with him, we know that he's good. We know that he's kind. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you tonight, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give him praise.